0: This is six eighty CJOB. Thank you for tuning into the main ingredient this lovely July weekend. I'm Kevin Bergen, and today I'm talking to Beau Shell, a talented young chef in one of Winnipeg's hottest restaurants, the Merchant Kitchen. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about your background, what led to the culinary field, and then will eventually lead to what led to the Merchant Kitchen.
1: Well, <clears throat> kind of. It's a funny story. I've I've always liked cooking. Um, my aunt used to send me cookbooks and Elvis tapes. That was my other thing that I liked. I really liked Elvis Presley. Did you really? Yeah. Do you still? Uh, Yeah, his music's great. Do you (laughs) have those tapes? I still have those tapes. They're at my parents' place. Really? I had probably about 100 different Elvis Presley tapes. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, amongst many other things, you know, know, obviously the Everly Brothers and... We'll talk about your hoarding later on. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, she used to send me a lot of uh, cookbooks, I remember one Umberto Mangi's cookbook, and he was he was a chef from Italy a long time ago, and he set up in in Vancouver, British Columbia somewhere. How old are you at this point? Uh, I am probably twelve. And you have an interest in that kind of book? Yeah, wow. I want I wanted to cook, and uh, so my first job that I actually got was working at a Lebanese restaurant. Actually, it was owned by a Lebanese company. They made pizza and pasta, so it wasn't really a Lebanese restaurant. They did some stuff that was, you know, shawarma and donairs, but you can get a little bit of everything there. And I started washing dishes there when I was about 13 years old. And that
0: was on purpose. You went to a restaurant for a first job because you wanted to cook.
1: Yeah, because I wanted to cook. And uh, I told my parents that I wanted to be a chef, and they kind of steered me away from it. Yeah, Because they, you know, they they saw the restaurant, and they, you know, know, parents are smart. That's not you know, that's not where you're going to make money. You're Mm going to be a line cook making quick, fast, easy dishes that go door-to-door takeout, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So from there, I just kind of, you know, progressed and took on a few other jobs. And I found myself uh, eventually, you know, in Winnipeg here. So I was in Ottawa at this point in my life. Um, I did some fast food work after that restaurant just because everybody, all your friends goes to Tim Hortons to work. So you yep. go to Tim Hortons to work with them and do the late night shift and raise hell at nighttime <laughs> because nobody's coming into Tim Hortons, right? Yep. Um, and then I come, come here to Winnipeg and I get my first real shot at, you know, working in, um, a restaurant that's kind of pushing a little bit of the boundaries uh, at the Billabong when, um, Andy Arjun was the chef there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, And I learned a little bit about like Trinidadian food and a little bit about Australian food and his take on what Australian food was. And, um, I was working, you know, late nights, staying up and partying afterwards. And that's a life too, right? Oh man, is it ever the late night line cook job? Like you get off work and bartenders are still slinging beers. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit down at the bar. So, I mean, at that point, you know, I'd, I'd worked there for a while and I, I really wanted to, to grow further and, uh, peasant cookery was just changing over from wild bistro to peasant right i went and i knocked on his door and i said i will do anything i will scrub your floors i will peel potatoes i will wash dishes i will do whatever you want how old are you then 19 somewhere the around baby. There. yeah 1920 oh, yeah um i'll do anything you know and I, uh, he's like well you don't need to scrub my floors um you can come in and you know." Just work. And I, I I was pretty much offering to do it for free mm-hmm. at that point. So, you know, I staged there. It's called a stage when you do you work for a restaurant for free. Just free labor for <laughs> restaurants, you know. Um, I didn't know that word. I was just, <laughs> I'm far too cheap to work for free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's how a lot of chefs will, you know. Well, you uh, got to do what you got to do. Cut their teeth, right? and, Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I went there and I started off with making charcuterie for him. Yep. So he taught me how to, you know, he taught me how to properly... Um, who taught you who taught you there? Chef Tristan Foucault. So, okay. Yes. yes. yes so, good guy. I interviewed him. Yeah, he's he's a really good guy. Yes, I very I, straight I quite enjoyed working for him and he taught me a lot about food and you know, he, he's a he's a great culinary mind. Yep. So I, I got, you know, to learn a lot about charcuterie, you know, and fermenting meat because that's what you're doing is you're just you're hanging meat and letting it ferment and uh encapsulated area that you know it's going to make sure that there's no bacteria that gets at it except for the stuff that you put in there totally they do that well right? and they do it very well yep. now you don't want to eat sausages anymore because <laughs> i just told you it's full of bacteria <laughs> right that, that's yep. it <laughs> yeah but you know like they, they do it well it's in a very safe and maintained area yep. so they know exactly what they're doing there um i worked my way up to you know work in the line with them um i pretty much could do anything in that restaurant uh, by the time I left, but I I had kind of left um, because I was looking for more, and you know, we're very uh, migratory in the restaurant industry. We, you know, jump from restaurant to restaurant very easily. Um, so, you know, with Tristan, I was wanting to, to move on to a sous chef position. He had a sous chef, mm-hmm. so I you know, I couldn't take that Position so I ended up going and working for for Canadians for a few years um, as an executive sous chef and I you know I learned the hotel side of the business that was you know, that was a little bit interesting yeah it's a different world for sure
0: all it, corporate it must yeah. be different going from those two
1: restaurants right yeah so I mean I guess you know throughout this entire time my aunt is still sending me cookbooks seriously oh yeah you know it's awesome yeah I have, uh, I have I have cookbooks that I didn't even know existed. Like you've kept them? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I still have them. Um, it's nice to have something like, you know, the actual paper, something physical, not just on your computer. Exactly, right? yeah. And she would send me, you know, just recipes that she had written up and she she loved cooking. So I think that was really what it was, it was, was her means of um, communicating with me. Yeah, a nice connection there. Yeah. Then the odd thing is, you know, I, I've I've probably seen her only four times in my life. Really? Yeah. She lived in BC. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, we had moved, we had, I was born in BC and moved to Ottawa. So um, she had uh, a disability, which really kind of impeded her from being able to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And my parents didn't have the money to, you know, always go to BC and travel as well. So, um, you know, I really didn't know this lady, but You know, she, she cared so much about us. She was her aunt and, you know, she would call us once a week and I knew my auntie Linda would call me on Sundays and I talked to my auntie Linda on Sundays after family dinner. Yeah. So Hmm. yeah, she was a very, very nice lady. So yeah, she, you know, she was the real reason that I actually got into cooking.
0: I'll be back with more main ingredient talking about the merchant kitchen with their head chef, Beau Shell after we take a tiny break. The Merchant Kitchen, a great funky restaurant which shares a door with the Alt Hotel, which is the hippest hotel in the city, and is located across from Bell MTS Place. I'm talking to The Merchant Kitchen's head chef, Bo Shell, and now we're going to talk about how he started there. Okay, let's talk about uh, your arrival at The Merchant Kitchen. Okay. right. You've been there. You're relatively new. I am relatively new. How did
1: you end up there? Um, connections. Yeah. You know, it's about the, the industry. Which is life in general. Yeah, yeah life in general, and the industry is... Uh, you know, it's it's a small industry in Winnipeg mm-hmm. so you know you 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 create those relationships with people and I'm lucky enough to have uh, created a relationship with the chef at Pizzeria Gusto who's also uh Pizzeria Gusto's owned by the same owner yep. and as the Merchant Kitchen so yeah bobby yeah bobby uh, um so you know i i i worked with Jesse uh when i worked for Wow Hospitality and Jesse was, you know, this young up-and-coming up chef um, who was getting a lot of coverage, doing some really great things. He took over uh, the lobby on New York, and it turned into 295, and then it turned into, you know, restaurant after restaurant. Yeah. Um, and he, he kind of, you know, he was just one of those guys who, you know, you, you meet him and he kind of just strikes a chord with you. You're like, okay, I really like this guy. And then, you know, I'm, I'm working a sales job, this last year and i uh i cold called jesse and i say hey man you should buy food from me he's like well man you know you don't really have anything that i need um okay (laughs) okay yeah you know i know that i'm aware of that there's probably nothing that i can sell you that you're not getting from another supplier um but you know we i kind of just kept on going to see him because it was nice to go and just chat with somebody when you're having a day that's you know not fulfilling and You're not making sales or you're not, you know, not signing new customers up. So I'd continually go and say hi to Jesse and... um, I
0: need my fill intellectually.
1: Yeah. I just need to be inspired somehow. Exactly. So um, eventually Jesse asked me to help him with gold medal plates. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's... Maybe go explain what that is.
0: What's a gold medal plate? Gold
1: medal plates is a, it's a competition uh, that raises money for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So um, what... What happens is a bunch of chefs in, in a region get together and compete. and then if you win for the regionals, you go to the you know the national competition in BC and you compete against Canada's best chefs pretty mm. much at that point, right? They're, they're the ones who won across each of their their cities. Um, and you, you go and compete against them, which is really cool. So I mean Jesse won in Winnipeg uh, last year. So I I was actually helped him on his team, and afterwards at the party, you know, celebrating his win, I had just kind of mentioned, you know, I was like, man, I really miss this. I miss being in the kitchen. And Bobby's like, cool. When you're ready, we should talk. Months go by, and I, you know, I'm just surfing through LinkedIn, and it says, hey, it's Bobby Matola's birthday. So I message him. I say, hey, happy birthday. And he's like, you know what? We said that we're going to sit down and have a coffee. When are you free? And he kind of laid it out on the table at that point with mm-hmm. me, you know. Um, I'm not too sure what the circumstances were, but he needed a chef, and that's where I came into play. I took a little bit of mulling over. I had to obviously talk it over with my wife and make sure that she was she was cool with the the decision. And she's a very supportive woman, so she, you know, whatever makes you happy is always her her answer.
0: Awesome woman. Can we clone her?
1: Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> she's, she's super awesome. super super supportive. Mm-hmm so she knew that it would be a good move for me mm-hmm. um, she knows you right yeah so i i mean i i took the job and i've been there for about three months now we did a pretty much almost complete menu revamp in the last it rolled out about two weeks ago yep um so there's a lot of new items on the menu and that was that was an endeavor in itself because typically if you do you know a lot of revamps on menus. You're only going to take a few dishes off right. or change a few dishes, and we changed about sixteen dishes. Wow! Yeah,
0: so that's a ton of work, and it's a, kind of scary because now you've changed them.
1: You have regular clientele that are used to the regular menu. How do they? How do they receive it? Um, our clientele is actually taken to it very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you know menus get tired, right? You know they, you've seen them quite a few times, and there's obviously going to be favorites on menus, you no know. Time um, so you listen to what the customer's saying. What's What are the favorites? So, obviously, our Korean fried chicken had to stay. Yes. The, yes. 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 Fantastic. That is, dude. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. Yeah. Okay. We're eating lunch today, and the chicken's there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating mine. And I'm yeah. thinking, nobody else better touch that
1: chicken. <laughs> Get your hands off. Chicken. Get your hands <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a finger. I'm going to take a finger if you touch that chicken. I'll eat your finger or chicken. Whatever. <laughs> No, it's really good. Yeah. It, I'm, a, you know, I'm a fan of chicken. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you keep the staples, the, yep. the things that people, you know, rant and rave about right. on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you look at the items that are, you know, growing tired or um, don't fit the season, aren't cost effective, whatever it may be. And then you, right. you, you take those ones out and you replace them with something that, you know, I, I like to go seasonal, so I look at things, uh, you know, during the summer I'm going to want a lot of lighter dishes. For sure. So, I, uh, you know, uh, this this menu that we rolled out had a lot of lighter dishes that, you know, were a little bit more conducive to the summer weather that we get in Winnipeg here. Right. And then come fall I'm going to, you know, look at some of those men- menu items and they're going to be taken off the menu because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be looking hearty and warm and, you know, and a little bit heavier. Pounds pounds, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you just have to... Um, you you keep your regular clientele happy, but you give them some new things that are you know that they you you, you hope that they're looking for in a menu.
0: Right. All right. So let's talk about the philosophy <laughs> behind the type of food that, you, that you've decided to to serve. Let's talk about the philosophy behind the
1: merchant kitchen. Okay. Well, uh, you know, there's a huge push on street food. You know, there's there's competitions for street vendors all over the world. Um, in the United States they have you know TV shows devoted to it mm-hmm. um, the movie Chef came out you know and he's making Cuban food out of a, 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 a street truck whatever mm-hmm. street food truck which is what I love
0: nowadays there's no rules Like no one's just going this type of food is made here yeah. and this guy made this no one cares no they one just, cares you know yeah. what I just want to see what the end result is. You do you do what you got to do to get it the way you want to get it. More with Bo Shell from the Merchant Kitchen here on the Main Ingredient after sports news and the weather here on six eighty CJOB. It's the Main Ingredient on six eighty CJOB talking to Bo Shell from the Merchant Kitchen, and now we are chatting a little bit about the owner Bobby Matola. Sounds like a rock star name, Bobby Matola, or a record producer.
1: Bobby really really loved to travel. Um, still does. I, you know, he He seems like a really passionate dude. He's a very passionate dude. He loves to talk about food and he likes to try new things and smokes like he was just revved up. Yeah. Was that, was that revved up or does he get more revved up? No, that's, that's Bobby. That's just, that's Bobby. He's, you know, just super passionate. He loves what he does. He, he's, he's in it, you know? Yeah. He looks like a person who does not wait. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it right now. Yep. Is that is that yeah. how he is? He's a you know he he gets the job done. Yep. And that's just you know that's the the mentality, and you you got to be that way. So you know, um, I felt slow. I felt like I'm not thinking fast enough of how <laughs> fast this guy's mind is going. Yeah. I gotta I gotta speed up. Absolutely. Right? So I mean, Bobby Bobby's uh, idea behind the restaurant was to create um, food based on a lot of the places that he's traveled mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's had a lot of great experiences with you know street vendors. You know, he tells stories about being in, you know, Thailand and all over the world and trying different foods and continually going to that street vendor because he just, you know, he fell in love with it, you know, eating it in the rain with, awesome. in garbage bags <laughs> because he, you know, he just loved it that much. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that that's a cool story to tell. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the flavors that you get in a lot of the Asian foods and same with, you know, South America and the fact that they, they, they really you know there is no dichotomy in who goes to these street vendors to eat the food it's just part of the culture so you know he wanted to create a restaurant based on you know asian and south american street foods right. and you know he really hit the nail on the, the head with that so
0: yeah the food is awesome let's talk about the food that i eat today
1: okay we tried the korean fried chicken
0: yes which was so tender like i said i'm i'm a big when i was a, when i was a kid and we add chicken. I just love the skin. I know that sounds kind yes. of weird. Oh, I, is that I, weird?
1: No, I love the skin. We'll still be cooking chicken, like just whole chickens to put into our um, chicken tinga tacos. Mm-hmm. And then we pull the, ch- the chicken for the chicken tinga taco. But I, I pull the skin off first and I'm now on the skin because nobody's going to eat it. It's going to go in the garbage. Oh, so I just pull the blood. skin off and I'm like, okay, pull the chickens. <laughs> I'm going to go eat my
0: chicken skins. <laughs> <laughs> like today when the chicken, some of the chicken skin came off. Yeah. And then you had the the spicy sauce. Maybe you can say what was in that. And then some of the uh, which I can't believe the Brussels sprouts. Like it was the remainder of what I'd eating of what I was eating. Just mm-hmm. bits and pieces of food. And then I had mixed it all in together with the chicken skin. And it was like <laughs> almost the best part of the food. Absolutely, right? yeah. It sounds, yeah. it sounds kind of weird, but it was, it was really good. And again, I told you, I hate Brussels sprouts. I hate them. I hate them. But I like yours. You know, so that is, a, if my mommy is listening, to my mom will listen to this, she will literally be shocked, and my <laughs> wife too, because they know that's the one thing I hate. So let's talk about the Brussels sprouts I hate.
1: Okay. Um, so the Brussels sprouts are done in our wok. Yep. Um, hit them on really, really, really high heat, uh, and then a little bit of garlic, a little bit of chili pepper, like bird's eye pepper, mm-hmm. um, and then a little bit of veg stock just to help cook them down, because, you, you know hard brussels sprouts yep. pretty pretty hard to eat for sure it's a pretty woody so i mean because... it's, a, it's a thin line like we said today yeah. you don't want them hard
0: but you don't want them nasty and soggy either.
1: exactly so right. you hit them with a little bit of veg stock and then you just let them cook down for a little bit and it takes about you know four minutes and then they start to soften up they need to be fork tender mm-hmm. but you don't want them any further than that because it's just mush yeah, it's gross it's gross yeah i don't like mushy brussels sprouts either i don't like mushy vegetables period yeah, exactly so then, at that point, you just uh, you know you hit them with a little bit of edamame, some ponzu, which is you know just a another Asian condiment, mm-hmm. um, and then top them with a f- puffed forbidden black rice. It's
0: nice. Yeah. Forbidden black rice. Yeah.
1: Sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, what about the noodles? Let's talk about the the noodles rooting. What okay. are they called?
1: So dan dan Mian is the, the the name of them of the dish, um, and we just call them the dandan dan noodles because yeah. it's just easier, um, and it's it's a an egg noodle. It gets green onions and green beans and uh, pork, ground pork. Mm-hmm. This is really hard for me to say right now. I don't know why I'm thinking <laughs> this hard. Uh, and then it you gets, say edamame, it,
0: but you can't say ground pork.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and then it gets this, this tahini, spicy tahini sauce on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the I mean, it's it's just also cooked in the wok, so you get the you know the the green beans and the the green onions and oh, it has Brussels sprout leaves in there as well. Um, and you get them in the heat and you get them like nice and char on them, uh, throw your ground pork in, throw your noodles in, and then just a little bit of veg stock so that it, you know, just heats up the noodles and then you pour your sauce on top, goes into a plate with a little bit of peanuts and Bob's your uncle. It's funny when I walked in, I'm like, Hey, you know, you're doing your thing and
0: you had the food, huh? Ready right away. It's like you just walked out with these three plates. Yeah. Like, I love this guy. (laughs) Well, I called the restaurant. No wonder his wife loves him. I called
1: the restaurant in the morning. I said, Hey, 11 o'clock. I need food. They're like, Okay. I was like, Make these please. And they they made them for me. My staff's, you know, my staff's phenomenal. They're they're great. They're, They're fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, they had the food ready and they're like, do you want it packed up? They thought I was just taking it to go. It was all for me. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm eating it here. I've, yeah. I've got friends. I'm yeah. not eating at home alone. <laughs> sitting at home alone <laughs> in the totally dark eating, eating dandan noodles. Food. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be hilarious.
0: Um, great presentation. Like I said to the food looks so good. Like it looked good because it's good food. Yeah. Um, but the presentation of the food is so nice. It's hard to be the first one to cut in. Like, yeah. You're sitting
1: there you're like, eat up. I'm like, Ugh. It's hard to be first, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just kind of its it, take the picture, snap the picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know. Everyone's got their phones nowadays, so it goes up on Instagram. I'm pretty sure Isn't that. that bizarre? Yeah.
0: Str- I still feel strange taking
1: pictures of food. You know what I mean? Like instantly now because of this show. Yeah. If I go out
0: to eat with my wife, you know, they put it down and she's always, she just is waiting like.
1: Yeah. Take a picture so I can eat. Okay. Yeah, yeah like, pretty much. Go. Yeah, right? we're, we're. I mean, it's a digital world, right? Yeah. So I mean, everything that we do, we gotta document it, and that's that's Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Because if you don't, it's like you never went. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and so. it's like you're you're not in the know yeah. of what's going on totally. if you don't go. I know.
0: Yeah. The rooster on the wall. Um, I I loved it. You guys must get a ton of compliments, or people must bring that thing up all the time. The picture we took by it today was
1: yeah sure. it's 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 pretty cool it it reminds me of like you know cockfights in asia or something mm. like that it's like i'm I've, I've walked down this back alley and there's you know these guys standing around a pen and these these chickens are about to go at it or something you know
0: and and i'm okay with it i'm i'm okay with it
1: <laughs> I, I i don't know if that was the the point of it but that's kind of what i i see when i look right. at it i'm like you know that's but i mean it, you go into any of those countries and chickens are just Walking through the street, you don't see that here, but you go down to, you know, South America and you go small villages out there and the chickens are just walking through the street. Right, like like pets or yeah, like pets. cats, a cat in the neighborhood or something. Yeah. And then one goes missing and you know whose table it's on, right? So Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> go get us some dinner.
1: Exactly. All right, so you guys took your
0: drinks as seriously as you took the food. And one thing I noticed when I came into the restaurant, well, you showed me when we came into when I came to the restaurant is um, you know, obviously you have beer on tap, but in those
1: taps is a tequila tap. What's that about? Well, it's it's kind of cool because I mean we're we we're, we're south you know we're we're featuring a lot of South American food. So, um, what better to have on tap than tequila? Uh, and we happen to have George Clooney's tequila on tap. So it's uh, Casamigos tequila, which is you know it's it's great. It's you know, I don't know any other place in the city that you can get a tequila on tap. Is it popular? What does it taste like? Um. Do you like tequila? I don't particularly like tequila. You know, I'll have a couple of drinks of tequila every now and then. It just reminds me of, like, uh, me long nights and broken dreams, you know? <laughs> it reminds me of when I was 19 when yeah. I drank too much of it, and, yeah, nothing yeah. came of that. Yeah, no, no, but, uh, I mean, it's it's actually a really good tequila. It's, it's nice and mellow, um, and we make a lot of our cocktails with it, so, I mean, you can't really complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the
0: area that you guys are in. You guys are located across from the MTS Center. What's the traffic light? Like it must be really po and plus you're in the alt hotel.
1: Yeah. Uh Jets games are crazy. Must be. Just insane. Um, and then I mean when there are concerts going on and things are going on downtown, it's just it's it's insane in that restaurant. It's 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 amazing. It's nice to see like you know, it's I, I look at it and it's like, you know, a a a hockey team or I don't know, a basketball team or like, you know, even you know, a dance that's happening in the kitchen and it's crazy to see your staff just, you know, work together. And when they're, you know, they're, they're working on the line and, you know, they're passing behind each other with hot pans and, you know, they're t- just tapping each other on the shoulder just to let them, the other person know that they're behind them or they're staying behind and whatever. And it's just like this dance and you see all the food unfolding and coming out to the tables and all the smiles on the guest's face. We're going to pause for a commercial or two, maybe more,
0: then return with more from Bo from the Merchant Kitchen here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. Bo Shell from The Merchant Kitchen is who I'm talking to today on The Main Ingredients and how chefs keep things flowing in a busy kitchen. I've never understood the chaos, the organized chaos that goes in there. I love watching it. I think yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I have no clue how you guys keep it together
1: back there when it's smoking busy. Um, Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest uh you, you take your breaks when you can right yep. so i mean it's it's that I, I tell my cooks if they're getting frustrated go into the the freezer and yell you know that's the best thing to do just get it all out for, for sure got to do something Yeah, exactly so if you know if you're fine and you're getting frustrated go off and you know take your five minutes and do what you need to do to get it out of the system because you know we can't you know can't let the guests suffer because you guys are right there yeah exactly so i mean we're right in the middle of the room so if you know if something's going down on the line and somebody's not you know pulling their weight or whatever it is it's like you know what okay try again tomorrow somebody else is going to take your spot right yeah so you know i'm lucky enough to have a really strong team um You'd have to be really strong because part
0: of it, there's a lot of showmanship that goes into exactly you know your performance back there now. Before exactly. it's hidden, you had a wall and say whatever you want, and the food goes out and nobody really knows. It's almost like the like the Wizard of Oz, you know, mm-hmm. the curtains there and no exactly nobody really knows. Yeah, well now everyone sees the wizard. Yeah, the wizards all the, the wizards yelling at the other guy yeah. back there.
1: You know what I'm saying? There's no smoke and mirrors, that's for sure. Nope. Yeah, like I mean, we 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 put out. Amazing food, and we have to look good doing it in yeah. this, this kitchen, right? Yep. So it's got to be clean. It's got to be organized. And if you, you, the kitchen's falling apart, the customer can actually see the kitchen falling apart, right? Literally. So you yes. just you just have to, you know, maintain composure and make sure that, you know, if you have that one person who's like, you know, spinning, and they're in the weeds, that somebody's jumping in there to help them out. That's the worst, too. Yeah.
0: Restaurant-wise, front or back of the house, when you're going down, it's not pretty, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, yeah. You almost have to... And you know, it's it's like you're drowning. You gotta just swim up to the surface. It's hard sometimes, but you oh. just gotta just keep going, keep yeah. going, keep going, and hope to God that you can get through it. And you always do, right? You always do. But still, when when you're in it, like everybody who's listening to this
0: that that has served or cooked or worked in a restaurant, you know, know exactly what it is. And when a restaurant's really busy, everybody's busy. Yeah. So who's gonna help you,
1: right? And it's kind of like you're, you're you're on a team, but you're on your own. And yeah, now you're kind of screwed. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, you just have to trust that your your staff is capable of executing. And you put them there for a reason. So you obviously, obviously see that capability in them. So you just, you know, it's about making sure that, you know, those screw-ups are few and far between. Right. And that when it does, you notice that pattern happening, you nip it in the butt. Right. So.
0: Do people express when things are going wrong often since you've been there? Like, it's always a good thing. People always think, I know that when you, you know, when I've gone out to restaurants with people and something, a restaurant, uh, something happens, like, you know, something bad happens, no. you know, they don't want to say anything thinking they, you know, just, they just don't want to get on anybody's nerves or blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, that's the best thing you could ever do. If you if I'm a restaurant owner, I want someone to complain right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I tell the servers that I'll go to a table that's not happy. I, I'm totally that's totally a different way of thinking of like has has being a chef that portion for you changed since you started i'm in an era that i trained under you know um some chefs who are a little bit more you know vocal or outgoing and um so i I, i'm very lucky that my mentorship kind of taught me the value in you know actually hearing the customer um i'm very much so a huge proponent on you know being able to be the one to fix it for them Mm -hmm. because it may not even have been something that happened, you know, from the kitchen side of things, but it started off with something at the beginning of their night, you know, they walked in and they had to wait five minutes till they got a table, right? Or it could be something that happened even before they got to your restaurant. Exactly. So, you know, um, it started there, but they came in and then something, you know, it's its its just something else is triggering it. So right. they, they, they got a plate and um, it was too spicy for them. So they're, they're not happy. And you, you go out to the table and you say, hey, you know what? Let me fix that for you. Let me be the one to fix that. Because, you know, that will in turn will, you know, create a more loyal customer if sure. you can fix that problem for them. Yep. You know, and a lot of people, you know, are surprised when the chef comes out to the table. Yeah, so it's it's that's just you know that's my 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 ace in my back pocket, right? It's that I'm willing to go and talk to people. I love it when they they complain and I fix the problem. I tell servers that you know like they'll be they'll they'll be like I don't know I don't know if you can fix this one. I'm like you don't know how charming I am. Like you don't understand how charming I am. <laughs> Do people say that I don't know if you can fix it? Yeah, a lot really? of servers straight are, up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or oh, the servers telling you that? Yeah, the servers the server will be like, well, huh? I don't know if you can fix this. You know, they're they're pretty upset and. Watch me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty charming. <laughs> <laughs> you're lacking confidence there. <laughs> That's a good thing. Like, again,
0: it's yeah. a totally different mentality that I definitely appreciate, especially when if I was working in a restaurant, that it's uh, it's almost like a team thing, right? Like, okay, I'm, something's
1: happened here. Yeah. And now I need you to help me out. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's not, I mean, maybe the server's just not jiving with the table, right? right. You don't, you don't, you're not going to get along with everybody. No. Some so, nights, some nights aren't your night. Exactly. You may be a little bit off, or maybe you know I go to the table and they're not happy with me, and I have to do something to fix it for them on the spot. So it's like, you know what, guys? Let me let me take care of this. What do you want? I'll I'll make you anything. Right. You know? Who can say no to that? How can that not fix? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Let me let. I'll buy you dessert. Let me make you dessert. You know. Yep. Whatever it is, just to make them happy, because you know we are in that. You know we're in a people business. We're in the people business. Yeah. Hundred percent. So I mean. If I can, you know, build a relationship out of a screw up and they remember the fact that I built that relationship based on, you know, it started on a bad note, Right. you know, that that foundation is so much stronger than, you know, it was just perfect from the beginning. And, you know, there, more, more people are likely to tell you about something that was wrong than something that was great. Right. But it's nice for them to tell you, talk about your restaurant, something went wrong, but this is what they did. Exactly. Right. So. then <laughs> so you're guaranteed to have a good time. And do you need res- Can you do you need reservations to get in? Uh, you don't need reservations. Uh, I would suggest it on uh, busier nights, jets nights, um, just because you know. Oh yeah! Well, come on. You, you never we, we, see, we see we see two hundred people in an hour and a half. Wow!
0: And I like the layout of the restaurant. Working wise, it must be nice for the servers because it's just the bars in the middle, and everything's just—it's easier to uh, to um,
1: walk around, right? Absolutely. I like that horseshoe bar. Yes. Kind of just you know, like it's it's inviting. Yep, and you hit it on the head. It's white, so yeah. if the room is dark, literally
0: you see and that bar just kind of stands out, right? Absolutely. All right, so maybe we'll give people some basic information and uh, tell them where you guys are located and um, and your
1: hours. Cool. Yeah, so uh, we're located at uh, three fourteen Donald, so we're directly attached to the Alt Hotel, right cool. across from the MTS Center. Yep, beautiful spot. Absolutely. Closed every Sunday unless there's an event or you know if we have a Jets game on a Sunday, we're going to open up just because we know there's going to be people downtown. They're going to want to eat, right? So you know, might as well make them happy and get them into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But uh, throughout the week, Monday to Friday, uh, sorry, Monday to Thursday, we're open from eleven thirty until two o'clock in the afternoon, and then we reopen at five. Gives us a little bit of time to prep back up for dinner, and you know, we're not really seeing a lot of clientele anyways between two and five o'clock, so right. we you know close it down. Uh, Friday we're open from 1130 until late. Uh, and then on Saturday we're open from five until late. Gotcha. So, you know, there's no exact hour that we close. It's when uh, it winds down. It's when it winds down yeah. when, uh, you know, after 11 o'clock, if you haven't seen a body in an hour, why keep the restaurant open, right? Totally. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bo Shell, I appreciate you coming in, buddy. Thank you for having me, Kevin. It was and great thank to meet you, you. for lunch today.
0: That was an awesome lunch. Seriously, Absolutely. it was
1: fantastic. Yeah, it, was, it was great to sit down and have a, you know, a lunch buddy, somebody to sit down and eat with. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since your wife is out of town. And, yeah. Yeah, I'll take you, buddy. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Calling the substitutes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm a great substitute. Thanks, man. <laughs> that was Chef Beauchel from the Merchant Kitchen across from Bell MTS Place downtown. They have great food. So if you're going to go there, And you're a chicken fan, I'm telling you, get the Korean fried chicken. You will die when you taste it. That's it for me today. Tune in next week when we talk more about food here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.